Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking with Bungie, the Death by Bungie podcast. I thank you for joining me on this one. And I am very happy to announce here that we have a special guest. The guest on this episode of Talking with Bungie is Bobby Bashaw, the host of the Crossbow Hunting Podcast. Now, you hear words like crossbow hunting podcast. What says Death by Bungie more than a crossbow hunting podcast? That's right up my alley, isn't it? Well, I am very thankful that I had the opportunity to be a guest on his podcast, and now he's returning that favor, and I do consider it a favor. He is appearing on this podcast as well. So you will, if you like crossbows, check out his podcast, the Crossbow Hunting Podcast. If you like podcasts, if you like crossbows, that will be right up your alley. In addition to that, I hope you'll enjoy this episode of Talking with Bungie, Bobby Bashaw. I want to thank Bobby Bashaw for joining me on Talking with Bungie. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It is such an honor to be on your show. Thank you for having me on, Rich. Oh, no problem. It goes both ways. I was fortunate enough to recently be a guest on Bobby Bashaw's Crossbow Hunting Podcast. And why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I got a podcast going now called Crossbow Hunting Podcast. Basically, you know, I, I try to share hunting stories. Um, a little bit of me, I do shorter shows, a little bit of rambling here and there, you know, but, you know, once in a while, I'll have some guests on and I... Uh, I think my shows, I, I just like to share stories, you know. I, I leave I leave all the expert advice, you know, to the younger ones who know it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. How long have you been doing the podcast? Over a year. Um, okay. Slowly, slowly getting into it. And I think I've been listening to your podcast for around six or eight months or so. I had the fortunate opportunity to be a guest on there not too long ago. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your hunting background, too? Now, what, first of all, let's start with where you're at. Where are you located? I am in Massachusetts, home of the original TV 12 country, but uh, he's moved on. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hunt Massachusetts. I hunt New Hampshire. I've done a little bit in Pennsylvania. You know, I get some uh, places I want to go and things I want to do, but uh, Massachusetts is my home. Now, tell us a little bit about your hunting background up there. How long you've been hunting in there? How long you've been hunting in general? Basically, since I've been able to walk in the woods with my dad um you know he used to, he was just you know born hunting too um pheasant hunting was his big thing but um you know he'd bring me along and i'd go out in the woods and i'd bring my bb gun with him and you know <laughs> <Start> <laughs> of course, of course uh, you know then i got older and you know i'd bring the shotgun but you know dad was pretty quick with it so i you know <laughs> basically if i wanted a bird i'd have to tell him to stay home so <laughs> but we did um you know we got into deer hunting a lot. Um, he did a lot of bow hunting in the earlier eight days and, um, you know, got me into that too. But uh, we can't hunt on Sundays in Massachusetts. So as a, growing up as a, you know, a teenager, your, your days are pretty limited. So, you know, especially you're going to, if you're going to do shotgun season, you're down to, you know, two days a year, you know, unless you're taking school days off. So, you know, it, it took a while, but um, once, uh, you know, I, I got out of school and, you know, was able to get into a work schedule and vacations, then, you know, my career kind of picked up a little bit more and activity picked up a little more and success picked up. You start getting a few vacation days here and there, you can start spending in the woods, maybe. I did, yeah. Yep. yep. Now, tell me about, your father actually had some bow hunting experience. What age were you at when you were introduced to archery hunting? 
I was probably, I don't know, 10 years old, <laughs> you know. Okay. Yeah. And what, what, where would that have been timeline-wise? Like, what year would have that have been? Oh, boy, uh, you know, early 80s. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. I remember Dad getting a ladder and uh, you know, putting me on the roof of the house and shooting at the target. So. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, when did your exposure, when did your exposure to crossbows begin? Well, that was probably 2014-ish. Um, okay. Massachusetts, you need a you need to have a disability to be able to use crossbows, and I had a uh, head injury in 2013 where I was playing semi-pro football and I uh, got smashed in the helmet and busted out during my disc in my neck. And wow, um, yeah, I, I you know there's there's some drawbacks, but uh, basically long run is um, I can now use a crossbow with it. But um, you know a little unfortunate side that went with it was I also picked up this thing called trigeminal neuralgia, which doctors listed as the highest known pain known in the, in the medical field. And basically it's, you know, um, dizzy spells, uh, jaw pain, uh, swelling, um, you know, it's, it's 24 seven for me. And, uh, so, you know, it, it can be challenging doing a podcast when your jaw hurts, but. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yep. but, yeah. Yeah. I know. can only imagine. I mean, especially, now that's going to affect you're going to have days where you can't hunt i'm sure as well absolutely yeah there's you know as as obsessed as i am about hunting um there's a lot of days i just i can't get out of bed um you know it's just i'm in so much pain um you know, and I just can't go, and that's just the way it is. But but you press on. Now you've had how many years since 2014 or so? You've been successful in the woods, or you've been successful at least getting into the woods with a crossbow. Oh yes, I, I've been hunting ever since, and um, you know, I've had some success with my crossbow. Uh, you've been shooting the Excalibur Bulldog, the 400, for how long now? Uh, probably 2016, maybe. Um, I started with the Barnett Brotherhood 350, which was a pretty pretty sweet crossbow. Um, you know, shot shot decent, and I just learned about Excalibur, and I said, you know, I really like that. I love the limbs. I love the recurve style. I love you know the advantages of being able to change a string if needed, and et cetera. And yep, I like to go wrong. Sure. Yeah, I like too, the yeah. traditional look. Yeah. 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 I get you. I get you. That bulldog is that real? Do you find that to be a large crossbow? Bigger? You know, when was the transition going from the barnet to the bulldog? Was that uh, a challenge for you? No, not much. It's uh, it was you know pretty similar. I think you know well, I gained fifty feet per second. Not that that's you know major when you're already starting at 350 to go to 400 it's mm -hmm. you know i didn't really notice that much what do you use for like your arrow rig are you using the standard arrows what kind of broadheads do you prefer for hunting i always try to tell people to stick with what the manufacturers recommend and i'm right there with you yeah i agree with that for the most part too <laughs> it, unless it's a, know, unless it presents a problem and there's a reason to change you got to have a reason sure. to change that is the way i kind of look at it but but go ahead there i don't mean to put words in your mouth <laughs> yeah I, I always tell people rich it's kind of like you know let's say you bought you know a new tacoma and, and you, you know you love it but you want to put bigger tires on it mm -hmm. can you put bigger tires on it sure but what did you know what are you going to get best gas mileage with in that you're not going to get that from a facebook post you're going to get that with what the engineers and the people who put in the study work to figure that out what would be best for that truck yep. would would recommend so and I mean, safety 
And yeah, of course, absolutely, all all of that, you know. And, and you know, everybody is always, you know, well, should I go lighter? Should I go heavier? This and that. And then I always tell people, whatever your crossbow came with, just stick to it. Somebody put in the work, and it wasn't just to sell their own product or necessarily who they got a, you know, a, a deal with. It, it was what was best for that crossbow. Right. Right. So what broadhead do you end up with there? What, what's your preference here? Mechanical fixed? What brand? Well, that's another uh, hot topic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really stirring the pot now. <laughs> you, you are. And, uh, you know, I, I also run a, a crossbow hunting Facebook group and mm-hmm. have around 5,000 members in it. And that's, of course, one of the biggest questions everybody asks. And I always say the same thing when it comes to shooting a crossbow or, or, or any arrow bolt or whatever. Basically, you know, if you're if you're aiming in a vital area, you could have, you know, take the broadhead off and you could still kill an animal. You, mm-hmm. What you need is a strong, sharp blade for better success. And if you want to go fixed or mechanical, you know, if, if you put it in the right spot, it's not going to matter. So everybody goes crazy over what's best and what is and that, you know, I, I just don't fall into the trap. It's a trap, and I think that that trap exists the most when people start having problems, losing yeah. a deer or something like that. You're looking for something to blame. It's right there. It's one of the easiest things to point the finger at, but lots of times, like you're saying, I don't think that it matters. If, if you made a good shot, you're probably not going to have those kinds of problems. Absolutely. Um, there's exceptions. I mean, I do have one video that I posted on my Death by Bungie YouTube channel where I killed a doe and uh, the broadhead didn't open. I mean, I found the deer, which sure, ran 80 yeah. yards. It was a good shot. She she died the way you would hope, uh, probably yeah. not quite as quick as she would have with a with a proper opening broadhead. But the hole, you know, I could put just my little finger in there and that was about it. It was like, it was almost as if you took the broadhead off, like you said. Right. Right now I'm using the Excalibur bolt cutters, which are 150 grain, but yep. again, that's what my crossbow recommended, so that's what I went with. And, you know, um, as a backup, I have the Swackers uh, 150 grain, basically because they make 150 grain and they're kind of hard to find. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, are they the three inch cut? I, I think mine may be three inch, yeah. Yeah, I think I have a yeah. pair of uh, a box of those that I've joked about how I'm kind of afraid to open them because they're kind of scary looking. So, well, the, you know, the, the thing about three inch cut is you're getting three inch cut but you're getting it with two blades so mm-hmm. you know how much cutting diameter are you you know gaining or losing by you know shifting from two blade to three blade yeah i know i'm i'm a two blade guy but that's just my personal yeah. preference but you know and, and i find it's like i see the unmistakable gash left behind by a two blade broadhead and it right. just gets me so excited that it you know <laughs> but it killed but i i want to point out though too i mean i have no interest in switching it's working i'm not going to switch but and i switched yeah. with a purpose I switched to what I use now, the Rage Crossbow Hypodermic 100 grain, because I had a purpose. I had that broadhead failure where it didn't open up, and I didn't like that style. So I, I, I experimented and actually found that this was more accurate with my crossbow with the standard rig of arrow that I was using. Good reason to switch because I was, you know, it made sense. I had a good reason to do it at least. But I want you to know I killed a handful of deer with those same broadheads you're using, those fixed bolt cutters. I started out yeah. with those, and there are definitely, I, I have an older, slower crossbow, shooting 100 feet per second slower than yours. But I killed some deer with those. They're good. They're yeah. good, dependable broadhead for sure. Well, I know the um, bolt cutters. You know, that's more of a smaller, rounded hole. And you know, mm-hmm. I thought about switching to the rage. I just I haven't done it. Up in here, it's all 
personal preference. Now you have you talked about hunting on Sundays and how you just like us in Pennsylvania you can't hunt on Sundays. Now right. what other regulations or legalities do you have with crossbow hunting up there? Do they restrict the type of crossbow you can use, size and all that good stuff? I know some states where it's not secluded to just disabled people that then they tend to put more rules and restrictions on. When they limit it to just people that are disabled, they tend to not limit you as much. Oh, I got you. Okay. That makes sense. Exactly. I know I'm in the guidelines because, you know, that, that's the first thing that I that I looked at when I got into it. But um, Yeah, because yeah, in New York State, for example, I think your bulldog is probably, um, that may not be a legal hunting crossbow in, in New York State, for example. They have a maximum on the draw weight there. I think it's like a 200 pound maximum draw weight and you're just pointing out exactly another thing that i've recommended to people and i think you probably stand by as well is that you got to check those laws for yourself before you go pulling the trigger so to speak yeah yeah. tell me when we talk about these legalities and stuff you have some experience Mm -hmm. with that you do teach some hunter safety courses am i right on that I have over the years. I haven't um, got into many lately, but I'm still connected with, with the hunter ed, ed team in, in uh, my area. What about your crossbow education? Do they have specific crossbow education there in Massachusetts? And can you tell me your thoughts on places that do have that sort of education requirement? Well, I've, we've done the archery courses before, but um, as far as crossbow, I, I don't believe we're running them at this point, but I know some places are. I believe Maine may be one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm really kind of skeptical of a lot of the courses that are going on right now. A lot of them you can, you can do, you know, almost fully online. And I just don't, that's not my preference. I prefer a lot more in-house and um just as somebody that like myself, I'm really, you know, big on pushing safety and it's easier. I'd feel more confident teaching people safety when I can have their attention and they're, you know, looking at me as I'm, uh, you know, trying to um, key in on, you know, a really um, big topic or, you know, something that really needs to be stressed. And when you're just hoping they're sitting at home and, you know, reading it, it's just, you know, you if you're going to go out in the woods, you want to know that the people that are out there next to you have fully invested in, in um, safety. And if you can teach it, it's it's helpful. I could not agree more, I'm telling you. I think the there is a tendency in this day and age, especially with our stay-at-home orders and all this other stuff going on, to increase the online presence and decrease the in-person yeah. presence. For stuff like what you're talking about, for exactly those reasons, you need to enforce upon kids that... Uh, it, it's an event. I mean, it is an important thing that you actually go to to get your hunter's safety certification. I remember doing mine. I took it again with my daughter. Very important, I think, for kids to understand that it's an event. It's a it's a big, important thing that impresses that upon them. I would like to see maybe just a booth at your basic hunter ed course for crossbows, but I don't I don't think we really need you know, uh, a crossbow class. Maybe they could do a crossbow seminar type of thing, but... Right. It um, seems that, in my experience, there's are more to restrict people, I think, to sort of discourage people from using crossbows, perhaps, than enforce upon yeah. them the safety with them. Well, that's, you know, that's an interesting topic. Um, 
In Massachusetts right now, we're doing, um, you know, a lot of states have just brought up youth day hunts. And right now we're doing, um, of course, we have the deer ones and we do turkey hunts as well. But right now they're doing a turkey seminar course for um, new hunters up to uh, 17 years old. And, you know, one of my friends was asking me about it yesterday because, of course, he thought it was for everybody. But I had said, no, this is just for up to 17. So his son, who is 16, would need to take it. And he thought, you know, it was just a way of making it more difficult. And I said, well, you know, you could look at it that way, but you could also say it's also going to give, you know, Sam hands-on experience dedicated in turkey hunting, which, you know, may be making him more successful. Absolutely. Yeah. Could that be transitioned into, you know, crossbows? Possibly, but, you know, I don't think, I still don't think we need a whole class crossbows. I don't think so. I think that, you know, when we're talking about safety, the same principles that apply in archery, that apply with rifle hunting, there's some common sense stuff that needs to be reinforced with kids that would also apply in crossbow hunting. Yeah. yeah. Now, you've been given back with these classes, teaching in, the, in years past, and you've got this exposure now helping your friend here and that sort of thing, giving out that advice, doing the crossbow hunting podcast. Can you tell me, when you talk about giving back, that sort of leaves us a good segue into a question you had asked me about, and I'm sort of stealing one of the questions from the interview that you and I had on your podcast, the uh, conservation and your thoughts on that. What does that mean to you? That's a personal thing, and I'd like to get your thoughts on just that wide topic. Yeah, that's something that's really big to me. I uh, used to work for U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and I met a lot of great people there. Um, One of of my mentors, Dr. John Oregon, um, just an incredible person. He used to be the chief of Fish, Wildlife, Sport, Restoration. Um, I think he's now the chief of USGS. Um, but um, John, um, you know, John, I, I believe he may still teach at uh, UMass, but he also, uh, he is our master instructor oh, wow. okay. for, for hunter education courses, too. And that's where I got into um, teaching. But, um, you know, I just, I've just learned, uh, just, uh, you know, endless supply from him. But, um, you know, basically what it means to me is, you know, I, I say balance between science, wildlife management, and sustainability for all of mankind. Okay, okay. That's a great definition. I like that. Balance, anytime you include that when you're talking yeah. about nature, I don't think that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. I think mankind plays an awful big role in balance. It um, does. That, you know, you know? We, get, we take a bad rap, I think. Humankind takes a bad rap in a sense that we take all the blame for everything bad in the world, but and we're probably yeah. deserving of that largely, but, but we also do an awful lot of good, and I think that that needs to be highlighted. I think that's Absolutely. A, I appreciate that. One of the ways to do that, of course, achieving that balance is through hunting. And one of the things that I sort of, you sort of touched on this when you and I spoke on the phone before. So I'm kind of throwing this out there too, as long as we're talking about what something means to you. There's been some discussion, it's always a topic that's in the back of my mind, about whether hunting is a sport. The definition of the word sport means different things to different people, and there's no right or wrong answer. I want to make that clear. Give me your thoughts on that. Do you perceive that hunting is a sport? Do you consider it a sport? Or do you look at it in a different light? Or how does that go for you? Well, I could dedicate the rest of the show to this answer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I follow a lot of hunting groups online, and I see a lot of people posting pictures of, of the fish that they recently got. Ten-year-old kid got a, a trout, and of course, you know it's beautiful fish. You know, kids smiling ear to ear, and then you know, four comments, and you get, well, I wouldn't eat a stock fish, blah blah blah. You know, 
And I think today we got a lot of people out there that I just, I can't take it. <laughs> it really gets me. And, you know, when it comes to like, you know, I'll, I'll see posts and comments of, you know, well, I only uh, hunt things that, that I eat. I said, well, that's, you know, that's great, but you're just boldly saying and admitting you're turning your back on conservation. And and they don't get that part. Like, you know, that whole management really takes more than just eating for me. You know, we we, we need to help. Take uh, Africa, for example. People go over there and, and we talked about um, sport hunting and, um, you know, you know do, we, do we need to go over there and, you know, thin out whatever animal that they're hunting? Well, you know, there's not a species that is being hunted that is just for the sake of hunting them anymore. It's either for meat or for management. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and a lot of, you know, hunters today are just looking at it as trying to make it a sport. And and it's just not. It's it's a management tool. And how you do it is your, your business. And I just... I don't hold any, um, you know, club more elite because they did it with, you know, a recurve opposed to, you know, something with limbs. I mean, uh, you know, wheels, you know. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's a new perspective on it, actually. I've had my questions about whether it's a sport. I've never been a – you're a guy who has a history in sports, a personal background in sports. So yeah. I thought that was a particularly good question for you. And you and, and I was right because it's given me a whole new perspective on this. This is just yeah. an ongoing topic of discussion for me. I really do. I really do appreciate that input. Thank you. Um, When we talk about Africa, one of the things I had thrown out, uh, and this is, I'm stealing another question from you here, so I hope you don't mind. (laughs) Um, This one, basically, I thought it was a good question, a very lighthearted way to wrap it up. We've talked about the the philosophical question of sport, and we've talked about the other questions about, like, conservation and stuff like that. And we can wrap up with a more fun question. What is your dream hunt going forward? I mean, is it just white-tailed deer? Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Is it traveling? Is it, you know, is a particular deer you have in mind or a particular style of hunting what's your dream hunt going forward well i would say um you know as you know somebody who runs crossbow hunting podcast it doesn't matter to me if uh, i shoot uh my animal to crossbow or shotgun or it drops mm-hmm. in front of me and has a heart attack right there. I'm good with it. <laughs> no apologies. That's it. But that is the as, motto. Exactly. Yep. I love that. As far as the dream hunt, I have a few, um, you know, one of them's always, um, uh, I've done deer hunting in Maine, but I want to do a bear hunt there. Oh yeah. I, I've always dreamt of doing a, uh, white tail in Illinois. Sure. Sure. I would love to get down Arizona area and do a, a mountain lion hunt. Oh, okay. Maybe Colorado for some elk, and and in that trip with <laughs> heading heading up to Alaska for some some bear. <laughs> Kodiak Island. There you go. You've got all kinds of bears at your fingertips in Alaska. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. We got a lot of bears in Mass, but you get trail camera pictures of bears. Oh, constantly. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. And and you can almost pattern them very good. But usually right when the season starts is when our acorns drop and then it's just over. They're gone. And, They're all over. Know, yeah. Yeah. Spreads them right out. Yeah. We do not allow baiting here in Pennsylvania either. Received notice, I think, this week in my email that the Pennsylvania Game Commission is now considering banning the use of mineral supplements as well. Oh, so goodness. there's 
that fun as far as trail cameras are concerned, you know, that sort of thing. But it is what it is. But I think the bait with the bears, that's one tool that I would like to have available as an mm-hmm. archery hunter, as a crossbow hunter to hunt bears with would be kind of nice. But it is what Absolutely. it is. Maine, do they allow baiting in Maine? Yes. Well, there's a there's a dream hunt for the both of us. That's my, yep. my style of hunt. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you yeah. very much. I really do appreciate you coming on here, Bobby, and joining me on Talking with Bungie. No apologies. No apologies. <laughs> it's thank my you pleasure. So thank yep. you for having me on. No apologies. Absolutely correct. That is his motto on the Crossbow Hunting Podcast. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Talking with Bungie, this conversation I got to have with Bobby Bashaw. And thank you, sir, Bobby, if you are listening to this. I hope you are. I hope you are in good health. I hope all of you, friends of Bungie, are in good health and that you enjoyed this episode. Until next time, all hail Bungie. Bungie.